from San Diego, California, it's the Frug Life Podcast with your host, Ricky Hershey. Welcome to the Frug Life. Is it a good idea to invest in a single stock? We spoke about this before, but we mostly spoke about how diversification is a free lunch. I want to talk a little bit about stock picking today. There are a few ways to pick stocks. There's technical analysis and fundamental analysis. Technical analysis, in essence, involves looking at historic performance of stocks, looking at charts and looking for trends. Fundamental analysis involves looking at financial statements and other current data about a stock to try to predict future performance. Now let's talk just for a second about the efficient market hypothesis. The efficient market hypothesis has a few different flavors to it or a few different degrees. But in most cases, the basic idea is this, that if something is public knowledge, it is already factored into the price of a given stock. So let's look at cruise lines, for instance. And we know that we are currently in a bit of a pandemic, and we know that cruise lines will not open up for potentially quite a while. Perhaps the market expects that it will take one year for cruise lines to open again. And so what has been done, though, is that all of the cruise line stocks are lower in price now than they were a year ago. And in part, you could attribute this to the fact that people expect them not to generate revenue for the next year. So the pandemic going on is public knowledge, and stocks have already been priced accordingly to reflect this information. So in the weakest version of the efficient market hypothesis, all historic information has been integrated into the price of stocks. Basically, technical analysis. The weak form indicates that that you can't look at past performance to predict future returns. A slightly stronger version of the efficient market hypothesis means that all currently available public information also is integrated into the price of stocks. So in essence, the efficient market hypothesis, depending on which flavor you subscribe to, means that technical analysis and fundamental analysis may not work. Now, of course, there's caveats to that. There's exceptions. The markets are not perfectly efficient, in my opinion. We can see that in a number of ways. The markets sometimes tend to overcorrect and then correct the correction. You can see that sometimes investors seem to act emotionally and not rationally. But largely, I do think markets are efficient and act on publicly known information. A little while ago... I read a post by a Reddit user saying they wanted to invest in a single stock, Microsoft, and then listed the reasons why they are right. In the thread, they cited some things like diversification preserves wealth while concentration builds it. And what they're saying is that if you invest in a lot of different stocks, your returns may be less because you'll have winners and you'll have losers and the losers will drag down the winners. While they assert that if you concentrate your wealth in just a few stocks and those are winners, you'll make off really well and build your wealth. And I don't love this sentiment. While it has the potential of building wealth quickly, it also has the potential of destroying your wealth just as quickly. 
lots of people bet it all and lose. But that's not really the focus of my show today. Like I mentioned before, the idea that you can get publicly known information and trade on it is slightly problematic. There's a bit of a paradox in the efficient market hypothesis, and that is if publicly traded information is already priced into stock, then there's no need to study current trends or to acquire public information. And if nobody is looking at public information and applying it to stocks, then stocks would quickly fall out of balance, right? Because nobody's actually looking at the public information and trading on it. So there are limited opportunities to use public information to trade and make money. The problem is that there are basically models created by big traders that establish the value of a stock given some parameters. And these traders will take positions in stocks that they believe are out of alignment with their fundamental values. They will act on this information very quickly. If you look at the stock price before a big news release, you can see this. In fact, if you look at charts of stock prices before big news releases, you can see the stock price reacts before the news gets out. That there's a leaky ship in some ways. That some people start trading before the information even becomes public. So there are professionals whose lives revolve around picking the best stocks and when to buy them. Let's look at fund managers for a second. They trade often in an attempt to best the market, to beat index funds. And managers typically do have skill. But once you factor in the fees you pay to be in the fund, you often would have been better off just investing in an index fund. While fund managers often can produce above market returns, once you net these above market returns with fees, all of that above market return and a little bit more is eliminated. So if the most skilled investors who do this as their day job don't produce alpha in excess of their fees, how is a regular investor supposed to do it? And just for reference, alpha is just a measure of return that is greater, greater than the return implied by the beta of a stock. Now, what is the beta? We're getting into a whole alphabet soup here. I don't want to give a whole lesson on finance in this episode, but in essence, riskier stocks produce greater returns. That as a stock is riskier, that as a stock has a higher beta, which is a measure of risk, it must have higher expected returns. Otherwise, people would not invest in it. They would just invest in a less risky stock instead. And so alpha basically means that you have picked a stock that was perhaps a little risky, but you made money as if you invested in a stock that was much riskier. In essence, producing alpha means that you are a better investor than just investing in index funds, specifically like an index fund that tries to simulate the market portfolio. All right, I'll have to cover more of these topics in depth at another time. Let's take a quick break. Okay, welcome back. I think we often have some bias that we know more than we really do. In addition, we often misattribute our success, that our successes are our own and our failures are due to external factors beyond our control. We might pick a stock and if it does well, we say we called it, and if it does poorly, blame it on an unpredicted event. 
is stock picking for the average investor? My answer is not really. It's best to leave it to the pros. Now, after making this whole episode talking about not picking stocks, do I pick stocks? Yeah, yeah, I do sometimes. The big difference here, though, is individual stocks are a super small percentage of my portfolio. Most of my investments are in index funds, and that is what I think is generally best. Most money should go to index funds. But if you feel passionate about an idea or a company, go for it. Invest in things you like. Invest in things you think make business sense. I think investing even a little bit will help you become more aware of the world around you. If you have even a little skin in the game, you can give more attention. But I said a little skin in the game. Don't bet the farm. Don't put all your eggs in the same basket. Don't do it. In my philosophy, you can invest both in index funds and in individual stocks. And for me, that just means I invest a lot more than the average person. You don't have to choose just a single stock or index fund. You can invest in a bunch. And it's a little bit funny. Recently, one of my listeners came back to me telling me that they traded on a stock that I mentioned, and they made a few hundred dollars, I think, trading on a stock I mentioned on the show, which is awesome in a way. I love that that happens. But again, I don't want to really be in the business of telling people individual stocks they should invest in. While I'll be happy to share the stocks, I do invest in from time to time, just so you know what I'm up to. Some people have been asking me for predictions about the stock market in the near term, and really, I have no idea what is to come. Could COVID-19 get worse, and could it affect stocks? Yes, absolutely. But I don't really know that. Anyways, thanks for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. You can find it on whatever podcasting app you use. Just look up The Frug Life. I had one other brief announcement to share, and that The Frug Life blog has a bunch of new content coming to it soon. So check it out. Just go to www.thefruglife.com, and you can see some great frugal-ridden content. All right, have a great week, and stay frugal. Thank you.